Ladies and gentlemen, today's Thursday, January 18th, 2025. And Donald Trump has now torching Nikki Haley to the ground. And there is proof that she is a Democrat plan. We are going to lay it all out in this show. We have the receipts and they are really bad. As we were going through and previewing the show, I'm like, hold up. These receipts are worse. This is worse than I ever thought. Trump dares a judge to throw him out of Jean E. Carroll trial. Donald Trump has a funeral today for his mother-in-law. And apparently he's not allowed to go because of the judge. And Senator Mike Lee joins the show off a very fresh Donald Trump endorsement. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show. So we got ourselves a big documentary we're going to be dropping later today. Our In the Arena show with Tenet Media. We're very excited about it. We've been pretty much not sleeping, up editing all night, making sure that we were able to get like an hour-long documentary done in 24 hours. We were in Iowa for the last two days, freezing our tuchuses off. And how do we power our show? Well, not the way that Hunter Biden does, but with pure, delicious, tasty caffeine from our Benny Brigade mug. And that caffeine is provided by Blackout Coffee. Blackout Coffee keeps us going. We are really hitting our uh, energy maximums, quite frankly, right now. Uh, And I've maybe had too many cups of coffee already this morning. Blackout Coffee is who we choose to drink because we do not like woke companies. And we like to be caffeinated because you have to have the energy to fight communists. And so, ladies and gentlemen, depend on that sweet black juice from Blackout Coffee. They love this country as much as you do, as much as we do. And they'll keep you going, give you the energy to fight the communists. Stay awake. Not woke with Blackout Coffee today. Blackoutcoffee.com slash Benny. Blackoutcoffee.com slash Benny. Get 20% off your first order. Promo code Benny. Let's go. Donald Trump posted a meme on True Social. And I am a big fan of Donald Trump. Big fan of memes. We start our shows with memes. We employ meme makers at this program. And so I got to tell you, though, sometimes Donald Trump uh, has memes that are like really, really funny. Uh, but aren't necessarily grounded in reality. That's fine. Trump hits a golf ball, right? And that golf ball, ping pong balls off of uh, Joe Biden's head. Joe Biden's noggin. Ding, 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 ding. And it's funny, but it didn't really happen. Donald Trump did fall down. Um, Joe, Joe Biden did fall down. Donald Trump does hit golf balls, but that meme is just like there for chuckles. Donald Trump posted this meme yesterday on Truth Social. And I laughed. And I thought, well, this is very interesting. And then I like started to dig and we started to look into the similarities between Hillary Clinton and Nikki Haley. And we at the show uh, went into our laboratory and have come to the conclusion that actually this is potentially the most accurate meme that Donald Trump has ever posted. Nikki Haley is the personification of Hillary Clinton in many regards and on many fronts. Everywhere from her voters to her donors, to her policy prescriptions, to her inspirations. Nikki Haley is a manufactured Hillary Clinton bot that is running as a Manchurian candidate, as a cloak and dagger Black Sabbath, in order to co-opt and psyop Republican voters into voting for Hillary Clinton. It is the grandest, most final revenge of the Hillary toids who lost so bitterly on November 
the 5th of 2016. What a what is the greatest revenge ever? But then to have Hillary Clinton run again in personhood, in everything but in name, right? And to defeat Donald Trump in that way from inside the Republican Party. What a coup. What a coup d'etat for the Democrats. Boy, you have to actually acknowledge that the people that we are fighting are so malevolent and such schemers and so so the banality of their evil at the depths that I have never like even considered. Ladies and gentlemen, Nikki Haley's main inspiration for her political life is Hillary Clinton. Now, is this uh, uncovered by us in some type of like major sleuthing behind the scenes, James O'Keefe hidden camera kind of thing like backstage? God, we got her. We got her. Or is this something that Nikki Haley is proud of that Nikki Haley is broadcast to the people that Nikki Haley knows in her heart and soul that she is in the wrong party, that she herself is a Manchurian candidate in order to cloak and dagger us Republicans trick us. Ladies and gentlemen, Nikki Haley all but admits that this is the plot, and she does it in her own word. Between books and interviews and questions asked honestly, Nikki Haley admits, yes, not only am I Hillary Clinton, but I aspire to be an even more Hillary, Hillary, than Hillary. Have a listen. If you have to lie to win, you don't deserve to win. I never said Hillary Clinton was an inspiration. You know, I often say that the reason I got into politics was because of Hillary Clinton. I didn't know her, although I had met her several years before at a women's professional event in Greenville, South Carolina. At that event, she had inspired me to run for office and make my voice heard. And in some ways, she remained inspiring. She is actually the reason that I made the jump. Because you write about her being a big inspiration for you. I went with my friend Eleanor Kitzman to a firm and leadership program where Hillary Clinton was speaking. And I walked out of there and I said, I'm running for office. I walked out of there with Hillary Clinton and I said, I'm running for office. Although, also, I never need to hear Nikki Haley's reading voice ever again. That was super weird. That was like having your homeroom teacher read your book. I like it actually sounds a lot like Hillary Clinton reading her own books, right? Her own autobiographies. You ever, you, you, do we have that clip? It's such a great clip. This is a tough one, ALX. Poor ALX. He, I, I, I hate giving him these assignments on the show. Uh, there's this clip of Hillary Clinton reading her book, talking about when she found out about the Monica Lewinsky scandal. And it's so funny. If there's any way you can find that, Hillary Clinton's audiobook, maybe we can match it up right with Nikki Haley and put them together. Nikki Haley has never, ever embraced the policy prescriptions of the Republican Party. Nikki Haley has only ever endorsed policies that would be fully and totally endorsed by the left. And we can prove that. Let's start with the top of mind, largest issue for Republican base. So we were in Iowa and we were talking to a lot of people. And like every two seconds you hear about the open border. Every two seconds, you hear about criminal, illegal uh, immigrant crime that's rampant in Iowa. Uh, Iowa has large farming industry, and they hire uh, a ton of illegal criminal migrants. 
in that farming industry. I mean, it's a real problem. It's not a problem with an easy solution. I guess deportations on day one is what Donald Trump's saying. That's a, that's a good start. But do you believe that the person who says this about criminal illegal aliens would be down with deportation starting on day one? Here's Nikki Haley talking about how you shouldn't call them criminal illegals because it'll hurt their feelings. But let's keep in mind, these people that are wanting to come here, they want to come for a better life, too. They have kids, too. They have a heart, too. They So we don't need to be disrespectful. We don't need to talk about them as criminals. They're not. They're families that want a better life, and they're desperate to get here. I broadcast this show from Tampa, Florida, which is where I live with my family. I moved to Tampa, Florida after horrible crime in Washington, D.C. overtook my neighborhood and nearly killed my family. Okay, we talk about it on the show quite often. So it's really good motivation, actually, to live in a safe place. Um, down the street from us, there was a horrific tragedy where a criminal illegal migrant who should never have been in this country, who was driving without a license and driving without insurance, got so blackout drunk that he slammed a new car, killing a child about the same age as mine, my newborn, and uh, horribly injuring the mother. So Nikki Haley, my question to you is, is that man a criminal? Because Nikki Haley just said authoritatively, they're not criminals. Let's not be mean to them. Let's not call them mean names. Let's not call them what they are, which is criminal aliens. Yes, they're all criminals. Clip it. Put it up. Yes, they're all criminals because they broke American law. Their first act was to break American law. Now, maybe some of them don't go on to continue criminality in the United States, and they're just here to work. Well, that would be called an economic migrant. Fine. You're still a criminal because you still broke the letter of the law. The letter of the law, by the way, that Joe Biden ratified in the Senate time and time again, the American Immigration Act of 1964, which says it is a crime, a felony to not only enter our country, but also to stay in our country. So every waking moment that they're here, they pile on the felonies. So that's the letter of the law, right? Law and order. Yeah, that's our laws. So Nikki Haley, wrong. But this kind of shows you like, wh like where she's coming from. And how Nikki Haley has always used this, like, always very, like, nefariously used this identity politics uh, against the United States of America. Like, always sort of, like, leveraged on the side of the left every major issue of our time. It's really nefarious, quite frankly. Nikki Haley took a moment during the Republican debates to say that if people attacked her personally, then they were attacking all women. Now, where have I heard this before? Well, it's something that Hillary Clinton did to Donald Trump, right, in 2016. You can't attack me because I'm a woman. Something that Kamala Harris carried forward in the debates with Mike Pence. And to this very day, you can't say anything bad about me because I'm a woman. You're not allowed to say anything bad about me. That's called intersectional, hierarchical, Feminist identity politics. And it's something that Hillary, uh, Hillary Clinton and Nikki Haley practice together. And it makes a, ton of, it makes a ton of sense because I can just play a two-minute clip of Nikki Haley endorsing Hillary Clinton and saying that she's her hero. So it's exactly what Hillary Clinton would do. Watch. What happens, he comes out of the gate. He hits... <laughs> the female chair of the party. He hits the female anchor... 
on the platform, and then he hits me. And I'm not saying anything. I ain't saying I'm just saying. But he might have a girl problem. (laughs) I'm just saying he might have a girl problem. Feel good about that? Feel good about that, Nikki? Does that, does that, did you like the pats on the back you got from your Democrat donors and voters over practicing intersectional feminist politics after leaning on the gauntlet of intersectionality and wokeness in order to defend your indefensible record? And what is her indefensible record exactly? Well, Nikki Haley is a massive supporter of Black Lives Matter. Nikki Haley was a ardent march in the street, flag waving. By the way, she took she took down the South Carolina flag, right? She she was able to she 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 prided herself in ripping flags down in South Carolina, and then hoisting the flag of BLM proudly. Actually, watch. Now, in the last year, we've seen similar situations elsewhere: New York City and Baltimore, and of course Ferguson, Missouri. There were incidents involving white police officers and unarmed black victims. In all three of those cases, there was civil unrest at truly awful levels. The riots in Ferguson and Baltimore were senseless. You know what? Black lives do matter. There's bad things that happen. With white police officers, like literally leaning, targeting black men, literally leaning in to the pejorative attacks the left has on our law enforcement, embracing it. So she's embracing Black Lives Matter. She's desecrating American history. She's embracing intersectional feminist identity politics. And now she's embracing straight up hoaxes, racial hoaxes. Jesse Smollett-level racial hoaxes. She fell for them. Here's a tweet that's still inexplicably up about Bubba Wallace, the fraudulent little man-child NASCAR driver who decided to Smollett himself by claiming that someone had hung a noose in his garage when it was actually just a garage pole. Everybody knew it was a garage pole, but the dumbest and most low IQ, low wattage people uh, in our political zeitgeist, viewed this as an opportunity to attack Donald Trump. And Nikki Haley jumped right in to this hoax. Let's read the tweet. We should all stand with Bubba Wallace today against the cowards who secretly put a noose in his garage stall. Watch your back, cowards. Bubba has a bigger army than you do. I mean, this isn't just embracing the hoax, okay? This isn't just embracing uh, the lies. This is then openly advocating against and saying that you will march with Jesse Smollett. This is saying that you're going to go and find, no matter what, hell or high water, hook or crook, you will find Jesse Smollett's attackers. And you can find that every morning when Jesse Smollett looks in the mirror of his prison cell in the Cook County Jail. Nikki Haley bought it not just bought it hook, line, and sinker, then militarized on behalf of the hoax. Bubba has a bigger army than you. Watch your back, cowards. Oh, who is the cowards here exactly? Bubba Wallace decided, much like many people during the Trump 
administration, one, that he was going to become famous by creating a racial hoax and saying that there was a hate crime against him, and that would get him a lot of um, street cred, sponsorships, and so forth. And also make it so that you can't criticize him and so that you know NASCAR rigs a race so that he can win it, right? But what did the uh, FBI find when they sent 50 agents down there? FBI says Rope had been in Talladega Garage since October. Bubba Wallace, not a victim of a hate crime. The report goes on to say that every garage actually had a noose in it, including nooses for all the white drivers. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Too bad. Just a reminder of who, just a reminder of who Nikki Haley, just a reminder of who Nikki Haley supports, ladies and gentlemen. Bubba Wallace. Nah, it's not the one. There, that's the one. Nikki Haley doesn't use her real name. Nikki Haley. I mean, it's, up to, it's her prerogative, right? But her, her birth name isn't Nikki. I mean, here's, here's Nikki Haley's campaign advisor right here. Here you go. This is the person that Nikki Haley says she will march for and that she will advocate for. She's got an army at his back. He's in charge of Nikki Haley. He's calling the shots. Watch out. Our army's bigger than yours, Nikki Haley says, in order to advocate for Mr. I Can't Breathe, which is, oh, by the way, another hoax, another racial hoax that Nikki Haley's falling for. Nikki Haley's the hoax. What's interesting is that Nikki Haley's actually the fraud here. Nikki Haley's the person who says that you need to register with the government in order to use the internet. I know. Like there's actually so so many things that are so offensive about Nikki Haley's platforms, but this is the one that really gets me because I'm a man of the internet. We broadcast for the internet. We're making a huge hedge. We're going long on growing these social media audiences and doing content that is native to these platforms and speaking to the internet the way it wants to be spoken to. But Nikki Haley doesn't want you to speak on the internet unless you have a government license. Have a listen. When I get into office, the first thing we have to do, social media accounts, social media companies, they have to show America their algorithms. Let us see why they're pushing what they're pushing. The second thing is every person on social media should be verified by their name. That's first of all, it's a national security threat. When you do that, all of a sudden people have to stand by what they say and it gets rid of the Russian bots, the Iranian bots and the Chinese bots. And then you're going to get some civility when people know their name is next to what they say. Accountability. And they know their pastor and their family member is going to see it. It's going to help our kids and it's going to help our country. So Nikki demands that you use your real name on social media. But Nikki Haley doesn't use her real name. It's a little strange. But Nikki Haley doesn't use her husband's real name either. So for somebody who's like obsessed with everyone using their real names on social media, um, well, seems a little disingenuous since you can't even call your husband by his real name. From Bill to Michael, why Mr. Haley switched names? Uh, what exactly? <laughs> I've been happily married for seven years. I've never once told my wife she's going to change her name because I don't like it. But of course, I'm not a unhinged sociopath who views Hillary Clinton as main inspiration and falls for every single racial hoax. Bubba's army is bigger than yours. I can't breathe. Black Lives Matter. In Mrs. Haley's 
book, she recounts how she started to date her husband, South Carolina National Army Guardsman Michael Haley. He went by Bill. You don't look like a Bill, Ms. Haley told him. Instead, Ms. Haley decided his middle name was better than his real name. From that point on, I started calling him Michael, and all my friends did the same. My friends, my beach friends. He looks like a Michael. Does he? Does he look like a Michael? Before we knew it, he was universally known as Michael, she added gleefully. What a battle axe. What a bulldozer. What a unhinged sociopath. What a unbelievable fraud. And what a cretin. Have, are you married? Are you dating someone? What would your response be? If that person, your husband or wife, if your boyfriend or girlfriend came to you and like, I don't like your name, Ben. So I'm going to change it today. And I'm going to make all my little friends call you by a different name. My name that I picked out for you. What does it say about a person exactly? Well, it says they think they can get away with anything. They think they're God. There's a reason why Democrats are voting for Nikki Haley. And we have the proof of that, by the way. The reason why Democrats are voting for Nikki Haley is because, well, Nikki Haley is a Democrat. And Nikki Haley not only is a Democrat in her policies, she's a Democrat in her policies because she's a Democrat in her donations. How it works in politics, unfortunately, is the people who donate to you, they get policies out of it, right? So when Nikki Haley is advocating for forever war, when Nikki Haley is indistinguishable from Hillary Clinton or Joe Biden in what she represents and what she wants to do to this country, when Nikki Haley cries about racial hoaxes and cries about you uh, calling criminal illegal aliens criminals, um, the reason she's doing that is not because Nikki Haley believes anything. That would take moral backbone and some type of like intellectual honesty. She didn't have any of those things. Nikki Haley says and does those things because her Demo her donors are, in fact, Democrats. Not only that, her, her, her Democrat donors are the ones who are currently actively funding lawsuits against Donald Trump. Well, that seems like a pretty damn egregious and despicable conflict of interest, but let me introduce you to a man named Reed Hoffman. Nikki Haley, one of her biggest donors, is a man named Reed Hoffman. Who is Reed Hoffman? Top Democrat donor Reed Hoffman gives $250,000, a quarter of a million dollars, to Nikki Haley's super PAC. Mr. Hoffman is the co-founder of LinkedIn. He's funded an array of anti-Trump candidates. But what he's really funding, ladies and gentlemen, is the destruction of Donald Trump through Nikki Haley. And Nikki Haley's thrilled about it. She's thrilled about it. In fact, as this article goes on to note, Nikki Haley is almost exclusively funded by Democrat billionaires. These are big-time Biden backers who are funding also Trump's newest trial or his ongoing trial that you're hearing in the news right now, Jean E. Carroll, backed by known Democrat Party activist, mega-donor Reid Hoffman, who backs Haley. Well, isn't that a little... Convenient for Nikki. Luckily for us, we don't have to look really hard to find how Nikki Haley is almost exclusively supported by Democrats. They straight up 
admit it on national television. Here's one of Nikki Haley's big bundlers going on Fox News saying the thing you're, uh, huh, I think this is his last Fox News hit on behalf of the Haley camp. He's like, we held a, a, don- a donation for Nikki Haley and only Democrats donated. Isn't that great? Co. She had raised in a quarter before that. So the money train is still flowing and going. Um, are you worried, though? Thank you, Neil, for having me and Happy New Year. I didn't. Well. Uh, we actually have a large um, fundraiser on the 30th of January at a, a major apartment in uh, New York City where we're raising a tremendous amount of money. Believe it or not, a number of it coming from uh, Democrats. <laughs> uh, we, uh, we actually have a lot of money for Nikki Haley, and it's all Democrats. <gasps> Wait, oh, I'm not going to say that. Bye, Neil. <laughs> it's, just, it's so humiliating. It's utterly degrading. Nikki Haley thinks she's going to be Donald Trump's vice president. The man who... I believe most likely will be Donald Trump's vice president was up on his show hours after the Iowa caucus results with one glaring warning, Tucker Carlson talking about how the game has been rigged in order to get Nikki Haley into that office, how Democrats have blown their chances with Biden, blown their chances with Kamala and are now making their move. Backing Nikki Haley with an unlimited amount of money, with an unlimited amount of Democrat support in order to ensure that they simply get their policies in the White House. They don't care about party. They don't care about patriotism. They certainly don't care about this country. This place is a shell. It's an LLC. This is a shell company for them. This is a pass through entity, America. It's not a land where like you were born and your kids have a right to because you're ancestors fought and died here no 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 no. so then they have no allegiances Nikki Haley is simply a vessel for their globalist worldview that often ends in the that will end in the destruction of this country Tucker Carlson take it away now much of Haley's money comes not from Republicans or conservatives but from committed Democratic partisans anti-civilization activist Reid Hoffman for example is a major Haley supporter Reid Hoffman is the founder of LinkedIn. He's a friend of Jeffrey Epstein's. He was a visitor to Pedo Island, in fact. He's also the guy who funded E. Jean Carroll's sexual assault case against Donald Trump. Reid Hoffman is a Democratic mega donor. In 2020, he gave a million dollars to David Brock's American Bridge Pack. That's a group designed to physically harass Republican candidates. Hoffman's money has also helped to prop up the authoritarian governor of California, Gavin Newsom, as well as many others on approximately the same team. So you know exactly who he is. What's interesting is this cycle, Reed Hoffman is all in on Nikki Haley. His cash is paid for one of the most shameless propaganda operations in memory. So the very same people who told you four years ago that Joe Biden was a jovial, moderate grandfather is trying to return America to normal. Those same people are now trying to sell Nikki Haley as a conservative woman of principle. Nikki Haley is a plant. She is exclusively funded by Democrats, but as we know, money doesn't necessarily buy you victories. You can get Democrat funding 
you can get dollars from some of the worst people on earth doesn't mean victory. It doesn't equate to victory. A good example of this was a very well-funded and well-advocated for mayoral candidate in Houston that had Hillary Clinton flying in to do campaigns for her and so forth. Her name is Sheila Jackson Leach, absolute darling of the psychotic left. She lost. She went down in flames. I mean, she she didn't even crack 20%. She had every, every dark money group, everything behind her. Again, Hillary Clinton, Nikki Haley's favorite person, inspiration. They were flying in, didn't help, didn't help her win, right? You actually do need voters. The unfortunate thing is that no matter what, 2016, of course, proves this, where, where 2016, there's no doubt in my mind that Nikki Haley was crying on election night. Don't you believe that? That Nikki Haley, like, was the one, like, screaming, no, like, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley would have loved to have served in the Hillary Clinton administration. She was able to weasel her way into a no-show job in the Trump administration. Uh, but I digress. You still need the voters to show up for you. We, you, you prove that time and time again. And so Nikki Haley did come in third in the Iowa caucuses, a distant, distant, embarrassing third. And how did she do that? Well, with Democrat support. So it's one thing to talk about her policies and then to talk about her donors. There's a totally different level of traitorism to look at and drill down on who's supporting Nikki Haley. Who are the people that are actually showing up to cast their ballots for her? And fascinatingly enough, there was a county, one, that Donald Trump didn't win in Iowa. A single county by a single vote. We can show you. It's a county I'm very familiar with because I went to school in this county, to University of Iowa, that is located in Johnson County, Iowa. It is stacked. The only the only county in Iowa that you can find a Marxist in, right? These dirty, dusty old professors, they smell like old moldy cheese. They're despicable people. They're full of da- – their shoulders are full of dandruff. Their teeth are yellow. And they're, they're just your typical big university barnacle Marxist. And it turns out that Nikki Haley won this county by a single vote. How did she do that? Nikki Haley won this county by a single vote because Democrats showed up to vote for her. In fact, Democrats, so many Democrats showed up to vote for Nikki Haley that they broke the election process, as demonstrated by a report by CBS News. Watch. Uh, Major, it's been a very interesting night. They just finished uh, voting. This was a room in favor of Nikki Haley, overwhelmingly so. Ron DeSantis second. Donald Trump, a distant third, the most interesting development of the evening. And Anthony Salvanto will, will find this to be very interesting indeed. They had 50 forms for people who wanted to register tonight or switch their party registration. They ran out of those forms. Members of the caucus team here had to run out to multiple people's homes to get printer paper and get their printers fired up. They printed another 25 or so sheets of paper. They estimate about 75 people were new registrations or switched their registration from Democrat to Republican in order to play in this caucus tonight. And I think that's a big reason why Nikki Haley uh, was lifted up. You're getting a little noise here as they clean up. Uh, was so uh, impressive in this particular outing. If she can repeat that, because we're talking about 20 percent of the vote here, thereabouts, give or take, 
uh, were new registrations or crossovers, and that is above the typical rate. You see estimates about 10% in a typical open caucus. So if she can outperform in counties like this one at caucus sites like this one, then that bodes well for her ability to have a strong second, which of course is what her campaign really wants to drive the narrative into New Hampshire. I'm not one to show you corporate media clips and be like, they're right, they're 100% right, they're truthful. We always take this stuff with a grain of salt, but I have no reason to doubt that report. That man sat, that reporter sat there all night and watched the people vote and look, look at the tally. Nikki Haley won that single county, that one county, the one county Donald Trump didn't win is the county with the most liberals in all of Iowa. And all those liberals switched parties to vote for Nikki Haley. Not only is it proof positive in the actual results of the Iowa caucus, as you can see there, that Democrats exclusive, that Democrat voters are the only reason that Nikki Haley uh, can even come close to winning a campaign. But it's also proven out in the polling and the actual data. The polling here, according to NBC News, is that half of Nikki Haley's backers said that they'd vote for Joe Biden instead of Trump. This data is far more alarming than like a, a single county situation. This is where you really have your problems, okay? One county can be, one county out of 99 can be like, you know, you have cra crazy land, right? Johnson County is cra crazy county in Iowa, right? A lot of a lot of unhinged Marxists there, right? They'll, they'll do anything to stop Orange Hitler. This is the actual devastating poll. Scroll down in the article, please. You see that there is a small contingency of overall Iowa GOP caucus primary voters that would potentially back Biden over Trump in a general. You're always going to get a little bit of crossover in each party. There's Democrats who vote for Trump. There's Republicans who vote for Biden. Okay. There's, you know, there's all, all stripes, right? But among Nikki Haley supporters broken out down there, can you hover over the blue part, please, of that poll? Among Nikki Haley supporters, Nearly 50% say that they'll vote for Joe Biden over Donald Trump. So ask yourself the question, are these Republicans? Of course they're not. These are Democrats. 50% of Republicans aren't going to vote for Biden over Trump. Are you insane? What planet do you live on? Donald Trump's been calling this out for quite a while. Ron DeSantis has been pretty savage to Nikki Haley on stage. No fan of the way that Ron DeSantis has run his presidential campaign. Think he should drop out. But there's one person who's really gone, like a um, kamikaze at Nikki Haley. And it's Vivek. And he got a chance to do it in a way that Trump didn't because Trump did not do the debates. But Vivek did. Vivek at the debates was a absolute suicide bomber <laughs> to Nikki. To Nikki I mean, he went. Hard, hard at Nikki and told the truth, actually. Nikki Haley is corrupt. Preach this to the left, but it's even worse when Republicans try to play the same game. We're talking about that trans issue. And Nikki Haley's campaign launch video sounded like a woke Dylan Mulvaney Bud Light ad talking about how she would kick in heels. At the first debate, she said that only a woman can get this job done. That's what she said. After the third debate, when I criticized Ronna McDaniel after five failed years of leadership of this party and criticized Nikki for her corrupt foreign dealings as a military contractor, she said that I have a woman problem. 
Nikki, I don't have a woman problem. You have a corruption problem. And I think that that's what people need to know. Nikki is corrupt. This is a woman who will send your kids to die so she can buy a bigger house. This is the problem. Using identity politics more effectively than Kamala Harris is a form of intellectual fraud. And it actually needs to end. There's our donor puppet masters wielding their puppet right up here tonight. This is how this game is played. The puppet masters put up their puppet, and I reject the use of identity politics in this party. It has been a cancer coming from the left, and I'm sick and tired of the double standards the people of this country are, too. Having two X chromosomes does not immunize okay, you from criticism. Thank, thank you, sir. Thank you. Governor well done, good and faithful servant. Is there a less popular Republican in the Republican Party than Dick Cheney? Would you want to go out? to dinner at Dick Cheney's house? Would you want to go hunting with Dick Cheney? Would you want to do anything with Dick Cheney? Dick Cheney's daughter lost in a landslide in his home state of Wyoming with a little endorsement video from Dick Cheney. Under the same guise, by the way. I mean, it's important to note that Dick Cheney and his daughter asked Democrats to switch parties to vote for Liz Cheney. It's the same thing. It's the same play. These people have no allegiances. They have no souls, no morals. Vivek Ramaswamy called Nikki Haley Dick Cheney in heels. Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, got a $5 million bribe from Ukraine. That's why we're sending $200 billion back to that same country. The fact of the matter is the Republican Party is not that much better. You have the likes of Nikki Haley, who stepped down from her time at the U.N. Bankrupt or in debt was her family. Then she becomes a military contractor. She joins the board of Boeing and otherwise, and is now a multimillionaire. So I think that that's wrong when Republicans do it or Democrats do it. That's the choice we face. Do you want a leader from a different generation who's going to put this country first, or do you want Dick Cheney in three-inch heels? All right, Mr. In which case, we've got two of them on stage tonight. Swami, thank you. <laughs> which case, we've got two of them on stage tonight. <laughs> Just poison. Poison Rogers Santos. <laughs> Come on. Oh, it's so good. The thing about it, the neocon is that the neocon is there to serve their masters. And their masters are always the permanent state, which engorges itself and enriches itself like a parasite, parasitic tick on the back of our American politique through forever war. It's why George Washington in his farewell address, warned about forever war. It's why Dwight Eisenhower warned about the military-industrial complex. These guys were brilliant generals. If there's anyone who you know you should really trust, it should be Washington and Eisenhower, the two greatest generals to ever live in our American military history. And those two guys were warning against the forever war complex that Nikki Haley represents. And what is the trait of that complex? To begin and start new wars, to send our American sons and daughters to the slaughter, to the meat grinder, so Nikki Haley can buy a bigger house. Does Nikki Haley even know where she wishes to send our American treasure and our American lives? Can she even name the regions in Ukraine that she wishes to take back from Vladimir? Let's ask. Foreign policy experience is not the same as foreign policy wisdom. I want everybody at home to know that I was the first person to say we need a reasonable peace deal in Ukraine. 
Now a lot of the neocons are quietly coming along to that position, with the exceptions of Nikki Haley and Joe Biden, who still support this, what I believe is pointless war in Ukraine. And I think those with foreign policy experience, one thing that Joe Biden and Nikki Haley have in common is that neither of them could even state for you three provinces in eastern Ukraine that they want to send our troops to actually fight for. Look at that. This is what I want people to understand. These people have, I mean, she has no idea what the hell the names of those provinces are, but she wants to send our sons and daughters and our troops and our military equipment to go fight it. So reject this myth that they've been selling you, that somebody had a cup of coffee stint at the UN and then makes eight million bucks after, has real foreign policy experience. It takes an outsider to see this through. Look at the blank expression. She doesn't know the names of the provinces that she wants to actually fight for. And there's her puppet masters right there. The donors right there that are playing Okay, enough. Hold on. <laughs> enough. Enough. Wouldn't it be nice to have like an actual debate moderated by people who you care, who you like follow and care about and trust their opinions? Wouldn't that be nice? This is why when we were doing some debate prep with Vivek, I said, announce on the debate page that Tucker Carlson should host a debate. Why hasn't Tucker Carlson ever hosted a debate? Are, are we stupid? Like, what happened to us? Our balls fall off? Like, why don't we have Tucker Carlson host a debate? Why don't we have Bongino host a debate? Why don't we have Elon Musk host a debate, for God's sake? I don't care. Like, anyone who has, like, a little bit of credit with, like, the with, with the our base asking questions that we like to talk about at the gas station or at the breakfast table or at the bar or at the pub, like, wouldn't it be nice to have that? Instead, you get moderators cutting off the bake when he's asking these devastating questions, and they are devastating. We're building that ecosystem. Mark my words, we won't have debates like this in the future. I see the future. We will not be having debates like this in the future. You know who will be moderating the debates of the future? With the path that's going? Where we're heading, and this is not like a pat on the back, but where we're heading, like where the actual core of the movement and the energy of the movement is going are people who are actually grinding and showing up and delivering every single day. And working to to gain audience. And for that, I, I humbly say thank you. We're putting in the work and we're building and we are spending uh, in order like to ensure that we can reach you. And we can reach different generations of people with these messages. But if Nikki Haley got her way, we wouldn't be able to. Isn't that wild? We wouldn't be able to. Because Nikki Haley would make you register with the government to use the internet. And Vivek called her out on it. This thing of beauty. Marching towards fascism under Biden, Jack Smith has subpoenaed every last retweet that someone has issued from Donald Trump in the year 2020. The only person more fascist than the Biden regime now is Nikki Haley, who thinks the government should identify every one of those individuals with an ID. That is not freedom. That is fascism. And she should come nowhere near the levers of power, let alone the White House. That is completely correct. The one thing that could take away Tucker Carlson's new company, right? The one thing that could take away the energy that we're building online with your favorite creators and the people that fo- that, that that you follow, that you uh, get information from, the people that you like bring you uplifting every single day, is Nikki Haley's policy that all of us must get a license from the government to use the internet. That is fascistic. That's what they have in China. 
course, Nikki Haley's donors would love for America to become their own version of China where they controlled everything in a kleptocracy. A man standing against that is, of course, Donald Trump, who has now decided to go hard in on Nikki Haley in New Hampshire. Here's Donald Trump from last night. A vote for Nikki Haley this Tuesday is a vote for Joe Biden and a Democrat Congress this November, because that's what's going to happen. You can't do it. In Iowa, nearly 50 percent of Haley voters said they plan to vote for Biden in November. Now, that means that she's like a Democrat. That means she's a Democrat. And we just showed you that polling. It was the NBC News poll. It's right here. Donald Trump not making this up. Much like with the meme. Much like with the meme of Nikki Haley as Hillary Clinton face swap. Not making it up. It's at, it, This is real. This is real. There's a lot of memes that are just there for fun. There's a lot of memes that are there for the chuckle. This is legitimately real. Nikki Haley is Hillary Clinton. She is advised by Hillary Clinton's donors. She has Hillary Clinton's policies. And she looks up to Hillary. She falls for the same hoaxes. And she wishes to push the same authoritarianism on you. She's just doing it in the name of the Republican Party. Which is really, truly, truly terrifying. As Donald Trump said last night, she is an infiltrator. Watch. Nikki Haley is counting on Democrats and liberals to infiltrate your Republican primary. By the way, what's that all about? What is it all about? Well, it's clear. They know that they can't win with Biden and Kamala. By their own designs, they have painted themselves into the corner with the most unpopular, degenerate, humiliating, cringeworthy administration that can't defend itself or anyone else. And they can't win. And they know they can't win. And so they must, like a parasite, move to the body that has still something to offer, that still has some warmth to it, the Republican Party. And so they'll run someone inside the Republican Party. These people don't have any allegiance. They have no loyalty. They have no souls. They don't care if it's a Democrat or Republican. It doesn't matter. It's just their policy. They're the policies. It is irrelevant. And something struck me last night. Something struck me last night. Donald Trump's uh, uh, Donald Trump has modeled so much of his campaign and policies off of Ronald Reagan. Even the slogan "Make America Great Again" was a Reagan slogan. We put up the poster yesterday. A Reagan slogan from 1980. Let's make America great again. Ronald Reagan. Whew, that sounds familiar. But what did the super state, deep state Democrats, what do these people do to Reagan? Well, Reagan had a very successful presidency. Okay, on many fronts. Made some horrible decisions also on some fronts. Was moderated by the left on many fronts. And I would argue that Ronald Reagan had his compass twisted by George H.W. Bush. And when George H.W. Bush was able to seize power after Ronald Reagan, the Manchurian candidate, George H.W. Bush, governed as a Democrat, increased taxes, started new wars for no reason, for literally no reason, uh, amnesty, all manner of like increasing welfare and the super state and deep state funding. George H.W. Bush is a Democrat, is a Democrat ran as a parasite inside of the Reagan administration in order to seize power, used the Reagan revolution as a springboard power because nobody would ever vote for George H.W. Bush as a man. In fact, George H.W. Bush lost the Iowa caucuses as vice president in 1988, like in a landslide to Bob Dole. 
they're going to try and do the same thing with Nikki. So they can't take Trump out legally or electorally. They're going to run her as vice president. They're going to push her to be vice president. And who do we turn to in times like this? Well, the man who should, I think, arguably be Donald Trump's vice president, Tucker Carlson, asked what he would do if Nikki Haley was chosen as vice president and um, wasn't pretty. Would you vote for Trump if he chose Nikki as VP? And would you guys vote for Trump? Well, that's the question that I asked you specifically. Well, I I would not only not vote for that ticket, I would I would advocate against it as strongly as I could. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, that, that's just that's just poison. I mean, here's someone who's actively opposed to the interests of the country I grew up in, who endorsed the BLM riots and who is not only is, is not left, but is neoliberal in the darkest, most speaking of nihilist, nihilistic way and has no real popular support is like is a creature of the oligarchs. So, yeah, that would be that would be reason to oppose the ticket. Even Trump Haley is a no go. Nikki Haley. He would get assassinated immediately if that were the case. Yeah, and by the way, I just can't imagine a world where that could happen. That would be so crazy. I mean, anything could happen, of course, but picking Nikki Haley, um, who's utterly treacherous and utterly dismissive of the interests of Americans. Yeah. It's a no-go for me, uh, but it's a yes for BlackRock. You have a bad bad thing on your hands when... Tucker Carlson doesn't just not like you. There's plenty of Republicans Tucker Carlson doesn't like, obviously. One of the very few Republicans that Tucker Carlson really likes is Senator Mike Lee, who joins the program in a few seconds. But you have a real problem if Tucker Carlson doesn't just not like you, but he's willing to march against you. Tucker Carlson saying he'd lead the revolution against Nikki Haley as Trump's VP. (gasps) Hot damn. That's, I mean, that's, that's really something from the wisest and sharpest uh, political commentator, most respected, I think inarguably most respected political commentator of the right. I will lead the revolution against Nikki Haley. I will advocate against it in the strongest of terms. Tucker Carlson will then advocate against Trump's ticket if Nikki Haley's on it. Say no more. Somebody who said a lot on national TV, somebody who dropped a uh, spicy Donald Trump endorsement uh, in the hours before the Iowa caucus that took the political world by storm. The great Senator Mike Lee of Utah joins the program now. Senator, how are you? God bless you. Happy New Year and so forth. Thank you. Good to be with you as always, Benny. You uh, shocked the political world and made quite a few people very prickly. When you said, I endorse Donald Trump, I'm just like, let's just be out with it. I endorse Donald Trump, whether you like it or not, America faces a binary choice. Biden is refusing to enforce border prosecutors' opponents, embraces policies that makes life uh, unaffordable and insufferable for all Americans. And I'll take the mean tweets. I choose Trump. That kind of clarity uh, was, uh, was, was shocking to the political world. And inside of Washington, it didn't make you any friends. But to the rest of us, we're like, thank God, right? So what, what is it that inspired this decision? It was time. Look, it was um, it was clear. It is clear now. We've we've got two options for the presidency. We can stick with President Biden and all the disastrous consequences of it, or we can go with Donald Trump, who offers a much different vision, who provided much different, much better outcomes. And the, the choice isn't close for me. Uh, that's why I endorsed him. So, did you get a prickly response to this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure. Well, yeah, uh, th- th- there are people who are displeased. Uh, uh, you know, the number of um, 
people who feel strongly about the decision, and I, I, I understand that. That's going to happen. It doesn't change the fact that there is a binary choice, and that the contrast between those choices is really, really clear. And I, I, I hope more Americans will come to the same conclusion that I do. And I, I certainly think it's time for Republicans to come to that conclusion. Uh, the, the, there, there isn't any other alternative. And I think we're going to be much better off the more we reserve our influential capital, our energy uh, for the general election rather than for a primary whose outcome is known already. Yes. What about the leader of the party inside of the Senate, Mitch McConnell? who has appeared with Joe Biden on the campaign trail, quite literally, uh, holding hands with Joe Biden to champion their wonderful vision for America. I mean, it seems like a very strange thing for a Republican leader to do. He's been quite silent on this issue. Yeah, he has. He has. Now, he has yet to compliment me on my decision to endorse, endorse President Trump. I, <laughs> I, I, I still look forward to the moment that'll happen. <laughs> okay. Do you see? I'm to it personally. Do you see, Mitch? I mean, the grudge is very personal. Uh, between the two of them. And so do you see Mitch McConnell coming around? Uh, look, I, he's um, he is a Republican and he is the Senate Republican leader. And so I, I can't imagine that he won't eventually come around. The question is whether it will come around between now and when Donald Trump is formerly the nominee. I don't know. But I, I, I can't imagine that uh, this grudge would preclude him for uh, from voting for the Republican nominee. Uh, Paul Ryan says he won't come to the Republican convention if Donald Trump's not. <laughs> I mean, he's a former Speaker of the House, so, yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's not in Congress. He's not uh, uh, currently in the game. He's not currently uh, somebody who's held up as a standard bearer for the Republican Party. And again, you know, I, look, I can't speak for Mitch McConnell or Paul Ryan or anybody else, but uh, uh, that's how I see it shaking out. So, here, yeah, this is this is the photo on screen of the two of them campaigning together. It's it great. This is what Republicans want. This is what Republicans want to see right now. So, what do Republicans want to see right now? Turns out that the odds are very much in your favor. The betting markets are saying that Republicans will win the Senate, and you have been such a staunch advocate for fiscal responsibility, for sanity in the Senate. And could you give us maybe like a little bit of a preview? And we'd love to have you on regularly to talk with us about this, uh, but a bit of a preview as to what Republicans will do if they actually win the Senate. Something we didn't do enough with the Republican House that I want to change on this program, Senator, is like bring on members of Congress and like talk about what that vision will be if we, the Republican voters, organize, donate and show up and then hand you this chamber of Congress. Yeah, uh, I'm so glad you asked that question because it's important. We've got to draw a contrast between Republicans and Democrats. We especially have to draw a contrast between how we as Republican senators would proceed, uh, which I hope and expect that we will have to, uh, the opportunity to do as the majority party. In my view, um, one of the very first orders of business has to be border security, and, and it shouldn't even wait until after the election, I think. We as Republicans um, we have a minority position in the Senate, but we still have some leverage and we, as Republicans, have a majority position in the House. We should be pushing now aggressively. Uh, border security legislation is part of any spending bills, uh, either the bill before Congress this week, uh, uh, temporarily funding the government through March or, or, or the one after that. We ought to be gaining uh, traction on those. Once we get into the majority, I really think one of the first orders of business it, it, it has to be focusing on spending and on the fact that we can't continue with these multi-trillion dollar deficits 
uh, we're nearing the point, we're very uh, close to the point where our, our interest on our national debt will exceed a trillion dollars a year. We can't afford that, uh, especially because we know that uh, Treasury yield rates are going to creep up over time, and that's going to compound the problem. My personal view is that the single most important legislative initiative we could push would be to pass the RAINS Act. Now, this one doesn't get enough airtime, but it should. And I'd love to come on your show anytime you'll let me to talk about the RAINS Act. Please. It's regulations from the executive in need of scrutiny. It operates the way the Constitution already requires federal law to be made under the Constitution, meaning says that anytime there's a new regulation that carries the force of federal law applicable to members of the public in a, in a significant way, those regulations under the RAINS Act wouldn't be allowed to take effect automatically. They wouldn't be self-executing. They would have to be affirmatively enacted into law by both houses of Congress and then presented to the president, hopefully President Trump, for his signature. That's the way it's supposed to work. Article 1, Section 1 and Article 1, Section 7 of the Constitution make clear you cannot make a federal law without both houses of Congress passing the same proposal. We've veered from that by allowing Congress to delegate to unelected bureaucrats these uh, just uh, nameless, faceless individuals, well-educated, well-intentioned, I suppose, but not elected by anyone. And we've just delegated the task of lawmaking. Those can land you in prison. Those can get you fined. Those can uh, land you in all kinds of trouble. And yet they're not passed by men and women of your own choosing. The RAINS Act would fix that. And that should be our number one priority. You talk, you are an extreme lover of the Constitution. You and Senator Paul, probably the two people, I would say, argued that spoon the Constitution when you go to bed every single night. Maybe it's a pillow. Uh, you know, maybe it's a my pillow with the Constitution printed on it. I'm not sure. That one has I don't, to be I don't, much larger. You have to have a large print Constitution in order to spoon with it. Otherwise, it's, a, it's just, you know. It's a personal it's question. Inappropriate yeah. for me to ask. I, I you yeah, know, I've yeah, never, I've, you know, I've, uh, Frank, quite frankly, that the, the Senate won't give us. Um, the Jeffrey Epstein list. So, you know, how could I possibly ask you how you sleep? So what I what I wish to ask is simply this. Um, constitutionally, Nikki Haley saying that you must register with the government to use the Internet. Um, does that pass muster or is that like truly and utterly terrifying? Is that why your your dear friend, Rand Paul, has not endorsed in the presidential race, but has actually come out as with an anti endorsement to Nikki Haley? Is this part of it? Yeah, look, that can't possibly be constitutional. And even if you could, in some weird universe, uh, uh, ram that square peg into a round hole and claim that it was, it would independently be uh, something that should fall on its own policy horrors uh, because it's a terrible idea. But yeah, look, there's no way that can be constitutional, especially because the internet is such a big part of how we access and disseminate information as citizens. And you, you can't just condition that. You can't just say you've got to get our permission in the first place to do it. Uh, but like I say, terrible idea, even if it weren't unconstitutional, which it is. I've uh, sort of, I was kind of doing a clumsy dad joke lead in to my next question about the Jeffrey Epstein list, flight logs and so forth. Would a Republican majority uh, allow the release of those? I know your colleague, Marsha Blackburn has been fighting very, very hard and getting nowhere. Uh, because of Dick Durbin. Certainly we would allow it, and I would hope that we would compel it. Look, um, Benny, how long has it been since Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself? I mean, it was, it's been, what, four or five years? 
I, yeah, six years, 2018. Why in the Sam Hill does it take that long to release this information? I don't understand it. He, and finally, when we got an indication that the court was going to to release this information a month or so ago, even then it was like, okay, but well, we still got to draw it out more. I don't understand this. Uh, this is information the American people need to know. And I uh, can't for the life of me understand the justification for delaying it. Uh, members of Congress have been on our show and saying it's because of blackmail or it's because the intel agencies uh, wish to protect Jeffrey Epstein because he was a member of the intel agencies or an asset for them. Your thoughts? Uh, perhaps that's the case. I mean, I, I, I'm not aware of them actually raising that argument with any court, but it's a possibility. If the, that turns out to be the case, that needs to prompt its own series of hearings. Because on, on what planet is it, it is appropriate for them if they're going before a judge who is otherwise about to release something and appearing ex parte, meaning a, 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 a appearing without the parties uh, to the litigation all being present, um, why is that ever appropriate? I, I, I don't think it is. And why can they just conclude on their own and have that, uh, that assessment carry the day that this would be very bad if you were to release it so you can't? It makes no sense. Yeah, it makes no sense. There's something else that makes no sense inside of the Senate, and I hope you don't mind me asking one final question here about one of your colleagues. Um, I certainly don't. I certainly don't mean this to be to be rude or anything about uh, Senator Fetterman and his mental health struggles, but he seems to be the only person that entered the Senate as a extreme leftist, and then went and got mental health counseling, uh, righted his brain, and now he's on the right on virtually every single issue. Uh, against China uh, or foreign nationals buying up our farmland and uh, our industries, uh, siding ag uh, against, uh, obviously, the terrorist factions in, in Palestine, uh, and then also siding uh, with Republicans um, on major issues like immigration, uh, saying that it's chaos at the border, uh, along with election integrity. And so what's gone on? Like what's what's going on? Is he going to like come out as a Trump supporter? I don't, I don't understand. Like, can you can you explain this to me? Also, I may say the number one the, the number one campaigner against Bob Menendez is John Fetterman right now. Like right. harder, he's going harder against Bob Menendez than most Democrats, than yeah, most Republicans. I, I I don't know exactly by what process he got there, or or whether it was uh, input that he got um, in the course of hospitalization or whatever. But if we can find that. Uh, I hope we can replicate it and have all 100 senators go through it because we'd all be better off. <laughs> America would be blessed as a result of, of deciding that. But you got to hand it to him. You got to hand it to him. He has shown real guts. He's he's come out and, and called out the left on a whole bunch of things. He's shown he's independent minded. One of my favorite things that I've seen from him personally uh, in recent weeks, there was a Christmas party over at the White House. It was black tie. I hate wearing black tie. I just went in my suit. But he showed up in a hoodie with a tuxedo pattern silk screened on top of it. Serious props. I love that stuff. <laughs> Final thoughts on uh, Mitt Romney leaving the Senate. It's going to be a better place. Well, look, um, there's a, a primary going on in Utah. We've got a bunch of candidates running and um, it's important. You know, any, anytime you've got a state like Utah, uh, well, the voters are pretty conservative. I mean, uh, look at me after all, uh, did, I, I would hope that they uh, will choose a candidate who will be 
someone who will stand firmly behind the Constitution, stand firmly behind the idea that the federal government's too big and too expensive, is just doing too many things it's never intended to do. We've got some candidates who are making headway, and I look forward to, to uh, seeing how that one turns out and uh, hope to shout we can get another freedom fighter in here, somebody who will stand uh, uh, with me and so many others who are saying that we've got serious problems in our country specifically because of the federal government and who will work and fight daily to roll those things back. Senator Lee, Godspeed. We just love having you on the program. The clarity, it, it like gives us a little bit of faith, it, maybe in our uh, electoral process that somebody with such clarity and such uh, moral backbone can actually attain high office in this country and keep it. And, um, and we certainly hope you do. God bless Thanks you. Thanks so much, Benny. Good to be with you. Let's do it again soon. All right. Thank you, Senator. Isn't it nice? I mean, I try, like, I try my, I try my hardest not to like openly, I try my hardest not to openly fangirl, right? But it's nice to have members of Congress that just sort of like speak with like, and, and see the world in such intellectual clarity. And there's like, nope, I endorse Trump. Trump's the only option. And he said that like four or five days ago at, before the Iowa caucus victory and so forth, right? He just straight up like, boom, nope, that's it. This is it. And Mitch McConnell is like a terrorist running the Senate. Like if you if you're a senator and you endorse Donald Trump, like Mitch McConnell will will hurt you. Mitch McConnell will like attack you. And that's exactly what happened to Mike Lee, by the way. I didn't really want to get into it because he's been subject to this these awful personal attacks by Mitch McConnell, little goblins that have been sicked on him for endorsing Donald Trump. I mean, this man like, but it's not. It's just nice to just have somebody with like the backbone to just say, nope, this this is right. This is right. And this is wrong. Somebody who didn't do that was Hillary Clinton when she caught her husband cheating on her in the White House nine times, 12 times. Bill Clinton cheated on Hillary Clinton with Monica Lewinsky, according to the Star Report. Hillary Clinton was in the White House nine of those times. So she's just like upstairs or something. I don't know exactly where Hillary was during that time. Hillary certainly explained what she was doing during that time in something that sounds just like Nikki Haley reading her book. We, I told you that our incredible production team would find this, the great ALX. Uh, here's her talking about Bill Clinton and the impeachment over the Lewinsky scandal and lying about it. Watch. Standing before the Democrats that morning, I thanked everyone for supporting the Constitution, the presidency, and the leader of their party, my husband. You all may be mad at Bill Clinton, I said. Certainly, I'm not happy about what my husband did, but impeachment is not the answer. Too much is at stake here for us to be distracted from what really matters. I reminded them that the case for impeachment was part of a political war waged by people determined to sabotage the president's agenda on the economy, education, social security, health care, the environment, and the search for peace. Nikki, like that sounds like that sounds like an AI voice, says producer Robbie. Yes, correct. That doesn't even sound like a human being. Same with Nikki Haley's book. Read. Nikki Haley's reading her book talking about how she loves Hillary Clinton. A reminder, I don't think we have that clipped like out directly, that, that direct clip, but the, the, there's a, this Nikki Haley clip in her book where she's talking about how what a hero Hillary Clinton is to her. What, what a, how she inspired her entire political life. Just a reminder 
that this is the woman that Nikki Haley says is her inspiration. Listen to Hillary Clinton talk about Donald Trump in this audiobook. This is not okay, I thought. It was the second presidential debate and Donald Trump was looming behind me. Two days before, the world heard him brag about groping women. Now we were on a small stage and no matter where I walked, he followed me closely, staring at me, making faces. It was incredibly uncomfortable. He was literally breathing down my neck. My skin crawled. She writes she had a choice. Do you stay calm, keep smiling, and carry on as if he weren't repeatedly invading your space? Or do you turn, look him in the eye, and say loudly and clearly, Back up, you creep. Get away from me. I know you love to intimidate women, but you can't intimidate me, so back up. First time Hillary Clinton's ever been followed around by a man. Uh, you know? She should... Uh... I don't think I don't think she I don't think she had the right take there. Right, right. So wait, is Hillary Clinton? So Hillary Clinton just like trying to say that Donald Trump was like breathing on her. The Donald Trump's into her. I think this is the same debate where all of the all of the Bill Clinton rape victims were in the front row. I'm pretty sure this is the same debate. Hillary Clinton didn't, didn't mention that in her book in front of me. In front of me was all of the women who have credibly accused my husband of rape. No, no, that that somehow missed it. But the fact that Donald Trump looked at her uh, was tantamount to her needing to snap and go, back up, creep. I know you're into me. I'm not into you. Okay, Hillary, I don't, I don't think, I don't think that's uh, what was going on there. Don't think Donald Trump's up. I don't think he likes you like that. Also, when she says her skin crawled, that's definitely the fact that she has the lizard scales underneath the human rubbery skin suit. Okay, that will tend to happen. Got you got to lose you you got to use different balm. Okay, palm balm. Do that. All right, it's gonna chafe. You got to make sure when you're wearing your human skin suit that you you know you do it correctly. Otherwise, it's gonna be itchy. So when your skin's crawling, that's what's going on. Hillary. Somebody else who's very reptilian. And I'm just going to play it back to back. Here's the Nikki Haley clip from her book. Like, tell me, does this sound the, like, do you sense, do you see the similarities here? Watch. I didn't know her, although I had met her several years before at a women's professional event in Greenville, South Carolina. At that event, she had inspired me to run for office and make my voice heard. And in some ways, she remained inspiring. In some ways, she remained inspiring. I went up to her and I breathed on her neck. Then I felt her skin crawl. What I mean by that is I felt the reptile scales moving under her skin. Yay, Hillary, I'm with her. The Nikki Haley story. Don't vote for Nikki Haley. Sorry, try not to yell on this program. Just don't vote for Nikki Haley, please. We only have a couple more days. Uh, the primaries are going to be on Monday, Tuesday, Monday. Tuesday, Monday, hey Alex, our thoughts, New Hampshire, Tuesday. And so, of course, we'll be live for that. Uh, we don't intend on traveling to New Hampshire. We think there's going to be a wash, right? But we'll see. We'll see. Anything can, anything can happen. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, we do want to declare and use as much power as we have to say, don't hit Nikki Haley's Democrat plan. She's plan. the end. Nikki Haley, Democrat plan. That's what she is. 
Somebody planted something really awesome that is um, inspiring, actually, unlike Dickie Haley and Hillary Clinton. Uh, in Times Square, there's a diaper company with whom I actually use. I know the owners and we do work with them. It's awesome. It's called Every Life. Every Life is a diaper company that is a pro-life diaper company. And that's a little strange. You'd think that every diaper company would be pro-life. How would you ever get customers if you uh, off them all? But lo and behold, Pampers and so forth, all these other diaper companies, they actually support Planned Parenthood and so forth. And they support like the destruction of the family, the destruction of their own market, their own economy, which is crazy because it's like that's actually in line with the psychotic, uh, suicidal tendencies of wokeness. Bud Light destroys their own clients, right? Target destroys their own customers. Disney destroys their audience. Wokeness is a mind virus that captures and kills its host. And so it, the diaper companies are no different. If you're a parent, you are, understand how many diapers you go through. And Every Life is, is a company that uh, produced an ad yesterday that actually is what every diaper company should be promoting, which is family, fatherhood, motherhood, parents showing up for their children. And they played it in Times Square, which is so awesome. And when we say we're winning, when we say the energy's on our side and 2024 is going to be our year, the FAFO year, man, this is what it looks like. This is what it looks like to punch back and to do so in the form of a fluffy diaper. Watch. So should we have policies that penalize people for having extra kids in the developed world? This is all about increasing their power, imposing their vision, and their vision is population control. I also had my first abortion at the Seattle Planned Parenthood. Uh, population control, there's too many people on the planet. Every child on the face of the earth is unique and distinct and precious. Our potential is our children. Children are our future. Before the cities and governments, there were families. And the family is the most important institution in the world. I like that the heartbeat gives me chills at the very end of it. We're proud to uh, uh, partner with Every Life and Public Square. Elon Musk quoted by Pro-Life Diaper Company in New Times Square ad, having children is saving the world. Here's what it looks like uh, from Times Square. Make more babies. Isn't that nice? What a beautiful, what a, what a beautiful message. With a big fat Elon tweet right up at the top of the building. There it is, baby. Make More Babies campaign isn't just about promoting our brand. It's a powerful affirmation of our core conviction that every child is a gift deserving love, protection, support. No other diaper company will speak out and say the same. Every Life is a financial partner of the pro-life group Live Action and will be participating in the upcoming March for Life. Uh, also, a percentage of the uh, Every Life diaper uh, sales actually go to pro-life causes, which is really special and beautiful. And I can tell you this um, on a personal note, I know for a fact how much uh, – how pro-life Elon Musk is. Uh, 
And that's really neat. It's worth it to be inspired uh, these days because there's a lot of things that can really drag you down. But it's nice to know that the most powerful man in the world, inarguably, right, he's the richest man in the world. He runs the most successful companies in the world. Elon Musk uh, is pro-life. He's pro-freedom. It's a very special thing because there's so much about this current culture that is self-destructive and about death and that is um, suicidal, quite frankly. And we're not for that, right? We're not for the death cult. There's a death cult out there. There always has been, right? And there's been an uh, anecdote to that. It's the uh, life cult, right? The the cult of life that this world was created and designed by our creator, by God. And that God sent his son to save us, Jesus Christ. And that we are here on this earth because God put us here at this time to, one, enjoy life, to appreciate his creation, to be prosperous, to grow our families, and to grow in him. And then more importantly, uh, to live lives of consequence, to do good for others, and to spread his light in a dark, sunken place. And so salt and light is what we do on this program, ladies and gentlemen. And we always sprinkle a little bit of salt at the very end of the program with a Bible verse, Deuteronomy 20, verse 4. For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies, to give you the victory. This is a year of victory. This is a year of strength. Ladies and gentlemen, 2024 is the year that we are going to really lock it down for this program. We enjoy so very much reaching you and reaching out and um, and having this brotherhood, having this community with this audience. And we say thank you. We have a heck of a year ahead of us. We're going to keep fighting and fighting right alongside you. It's your boy, Benny. See ya.